Hello children and welcome back to the Friday special by the Sweetness of Yiddishkeit where children from all over the world join together to enjoy our fascinating stories and even share their own ideas and have lots of fun together. By the way, Uncle Yitzi deserves a Mazel Tov. He had a baby boy, so Mazel Tov Uncle Yitzi. May you have lots of nachas from all your wonderful kids. And now, let's give the introduction and hop aboard for our next show with Rabbi Mendel. Let me start off again with a story that came before Rabbi Yitzchak Zilberstein. There was a man, Rabbi Cheskel, who would learn in a kalal in Bnei Brak all day long. Every day he would come home in the afternoon starving for a good meal. But it would take his wife a long time and he would have to wait and wait until lunch was ready. One day he was especially starving and he felt like he was going to lose his mind if he doesn't eat a good meal right away. So he went straight from Kalil to the Beisat Tamchoy. It was a little Achnas lunchroom where all kind of people, anybody who was hungry, could come in and enjoy a good meal. This day they had a special donor who donated a fleshiga soup with good chunks of meat in it. It was really yummy and Reb Cheskel enjoyed himself very much. When he was done, full and satisfied, he left and went home thinking to himself, Good thing I ate something, otherwise I would have to wait a whole lot of time until my wife's food would be ready. He knocked on the door to his house and walked in. Good afternoon, Sirola. This time his wife greeted him with a huge smile on her face and said, Ah, Cheskel, finally you're back. Today I decided that I won't make you wait for the meal to be ready. I made your favorite food. Cheese blind says, it's all set on the table, ready to be eaten up. Ah, children, who doesn't like good yummy blintzes? But our Reb Chetzkel had a serious problem here. He looked at the delicious Melchegev food that was sitting beautifully on the table, and he was speechless. He didn't know what he should do. If he tells his wife that he went to the Achnasas Archim house, she's gonna faint. She might say, how can you embarrass me so badly that you go to the Achnasas Archim kitchen as if we were paupers? Or she might get upset and she would be right to say, Is that the way you appreciate the food that I work so hard to make you every day? Ah, it's not good enough. They have a better cook. He quickly took a phone and called Rav Zilberstein quietly and asked the Rav, What am I supposed to do? What do you say, children? Should Reb Cheskel eat the delicious milchig meal? But he's not allowed to eat milchigs after fleishigs. Should he not eat it? But then his wife will get insulted. And that's an even worse of error than eating basar b'cholav. So Rav Zilberstein said to him, Don't tell her the truth. Tell your wife that there was a pidyan aben and they asked you to take part in the suhdas mitzvah. So Reb Cheskel said to the Rav, my wife is not so naive. She won't believe me. I'll tell her, Yeah, Moshe Klein from my call had a baby boy. She's going to tell me, What are you making up? Who had a pidyana ben? I know all the people in this town, and I don't know of anybody who had a son lately, nor do I know of any Moshe Klein. 
Aha, my food is not good enough for you. So what should I do? Rav Chazkel asked the Rav desperately. Finally, Rabbi Zilberstein gave him an interesting idea. Walk into your house and tell your wife, Wow, such yummy and delicious blintzes. I can't wait to eat some already. But I feel a ravenous hunger. I feel desperate to eat some bread first. And then you will eat some bread until you won't be hungry anymore. And after that, you'll be allowed to eat milchik's bidyevet since it's a meal of a man who's not hungry. Now, children, I would like to tell you a fascinating story. This story will teach us how anything a person does, he is actually doing it for himself. If he's nice to others and does something good for them, then it comes right back to himself. But if he does something wrong toward others, also that will end up coming back to him. I never knew the true meaning of this and how powerful it might be until I heard this wonderful story. So listen closely. There was a girl from California. Her name was Hannah, and she came to Eretz Yisrael to learn in the seminary of Eshat Torah. During her stay in the Holy Land, she wanted to spend a Shabbos in Tzfas, so she got into the right bus. But suddenly she felt very sick. She felt dehydrated and had terrible headaches. Therefore, she decided to get off the bus and get back to Jerusalem. She got onto another bus that took her back to Harnuf just in time for Shabbos. In Harnuf, she had a hostess who would take care of all her needs and serve her hot and delicious Shabbos meals. On Sunday, she was still not back to herself. She still felt dried up and weak, so she just stayed in bed. During the afternoon hours, as she was staring out of the window near her bed, her phone rang. She picked it up. It was her friend who was staying in Haifa at her relative's house. Can you do me a favor? She asked Hannah. I need very desperately a picture of Harabayas from a certain angle on Harazesim. It's for a work that I'm doing now about Beis Hamikdash that will hopefully be built very soon. And it's very important. You aren't that far from the Kaisal. It's only a 45 minute drive from Harnuf. Can you do that for me? Hannah wanted to refuse. But she decided that she would do her friend a favor. And so she got into a bus that took her to Sharshchem, Damascus Gate. From there, she was supposed to take another bus. One that would take her to the right stop on Harzaisim. Hannah waited at the bus stop for the second bus to arrive. But she wasn't very familiar with the Israeli buses. And besides, her head was still hurting and not working very much. So when she saw a bus with blue and white lines on it, she was sure it would be the right bus. It actually reminded her of the Israeli flag, and she got on it. Oh my, I'm sure none of you would enjoy the experience of a ride on a Palestinian bus. But she was too dizzy to look around, and she didn't even notice the Arabs that were all around her on the bus. She just sunk into a seat and dozed off until she fell asleep. Half an hour later, she woke up alarmed, but still didn't realize that she wasn't supposed to be on this bus. I guess Arabic sounded to her just like Hebrew. What she did know was that the ride from Sharshchem to Harazesim wasn't supposed to take more than five minutes. So she hurried to get off the bus at the next stop in order to take another bus back. 
That's when she finally began to understand where she got herself into. She found herself deep inside a Palestinian neighborhood in eastern Jerusalem. Now that's a place you wouldn't want to find yourself in as a Jew, even in a dream. There, in the far-off Palestinian neighborhood, there aren't buses very often. She would have to wait until tomorrow morning to get back home, back to safety. But who knows what could happen till then in this dangerous place. Fortunately enough, it was the first day of the Muslim holiday, Ramadan. And nobody was on the street. All the residents were celebrating in their houses. She looked around her, and all she saw on the walls, on the poles, and anywhere else she looked were posters and graffiti in Arabic. Every sign looked scarier than the other. She was sure each one of them called the Arabs to kill the Yidin Shalom. What does a person do when he's in trouble? He takes out his phone and calls the police and tries to get help. So that's what she did, or at least wanted to. Because when she took her phone out, she realized that her battery was dead. There are no public phone booths anymore. What should I do? Is there a way I'll get out of here alive? Khana felt so helpless. She did what a yid does when he's in trouble. She started saying to him and Davin to Hashem that he should save her and get her back home with no harm. Finally, Khana decided that she would try her luck knocking in some door and ask for help. I'll try to find a normal looking house. One that is clean and has some green grass around it. And of course not one that has posters or graffiti. She thought to herself. But she was scared to knock on any Arab door. And besides almost all the houses had Arabic graffiti and scary looking posters on its walls. She looked around and around until she found such a house at last. She walked over to the door with trembling hands and buckling knees. I won't say that I'm Jewish, she said to herself. I will say that I'm a student from California who decided to come here and write an article in favor of the Palestinians for our local newspaper. Yeah, I'm an American journalist, that's what I'll say. And hopefully they won't cause any trouble. With words of prayer in her mouth, she knocked a soft knock on the door. Then another one. And suddenly a girl of about 19 years old opens the door and calls out, Hana, what are you doing here? Hana's jaws dropped open. She looked at the Arab girl who was all covered up with the Arabic traditional clothing in total shock. How does she know my name? Do the Arabs here know about me? Are they onto something? The curious thoughts went through Hana's mind in this moment. But the Arab girl did not give her too much time to think. Come in, Khana. It's so nice that you came to visit me. You should know that I still have your card. I keep it with me all the time. It took Khana another few seconds to recover from her initial shock and recognize the girl's face. Is it you, Fatima? It happened half a year before, when Khana went with her friends for a seminar by Aisha Torah in King Solomon Hotel. They stayed there for three weeks and had lots of wonderful activities and speeches. During her stay in the hotel, Khana decided that she would have a special notebook where she would write down the names of all the workers and staff who might have been of any help to her. And before she leaves the hotel, she would write to each one of them a nice thank you note 
on a colorful and decorated postcard to express her gratitude toward them. Every day she added more and more names, which included the cleaning workers, the cooks, and waitresses. Yeah, just any worker or staff member in the hotel, Jewish as well as non-Jewish. She remembered from one of the speeches that a person must be polite and grateful to any person, even a Gentile. Like Rabbi Yechonan ben Zakkai, who would always be the first to greet any person he encountered on the street, even Gayim. I don't have any money to give out as tips, so at least I can give out thank you cards, she decided. Now it's true, children, that we must stay away from the Gayim and never learn from their bad ways. But it's also true that we must be polite and thank them for their help without becoming friends with them. Because a Yid always remembers to be nice and grateful to others. During the breakfast of her last day in the hotel, Hannah noticed a new worker who was giving out coffee to anybody who wanted. So she went over to her and said, I don't remember you. Are you new here? To which the Arabic girl answered, That's right! I'm new here. My name is Fatima. I want to become a doctor, but I don't have enough money for college. So my relatives got me this job here, and hopefully soon I'll have enough money for university. Khana added Fatima's name to the list, which had by now no less than 50 names. And before she left the hotel later that day, she gave out all the postcards that she prepared for all these workers. This girl, who opened the door for her now, was none other than Fatima. And she was so excited to see Khana. She was sure that Khana came especially just to say thank you again, and visit her and see all her family. Fatima pulled Khana into the dining room, where her entire family was sitting around the table and celebrating. They all remembered Khana from King Solomon Hotel, and were very impressed by her personality. Wow, was it you who wrote to us those beautiful thank you notes? It was so special of you. What a special girl you are. She sat down for a few minutes and then said, It was really wonderful visiting you. Now I've got to get back home. When is the next bus going to come? To which they all answered, There are no more buses today, but our aunt is going home soon with her car. She lives right next to Kever Shimanatadik, and from there you can take any Israeli bus back home. Hana was delighted to hear the light at the end of the tunnel, and she was finally in the car on her way to safety. When they arrived at border inspection, the soldier looked in the car with open eyes. In the car, he sees a Jewish girl with a few Arabs. Is everything all right? He wanted to make sure. Khana nodded her head and said, It's all fine. These are my friends. And the soldier led them past. Baruch Hashem, she got back home, out of this dangerous place with no harm. We learned from this story that the most important thing in the world is to have a karasatav and be grateful to anybody who does us a favor. We also learned from this story how true it is that whatever you do to others comes back to you. We should know, children, that every person might have some good in his nature. Even an animal, and even a guy, can have a little good thing in his nature. And if we are nice and polite toward them, then it can come back in good ways. 
Therefore, we should be polite and thank also a bus driver for a smooth drive. Saying thank you doesn't cost money. If it won't help, then it will also cause no harm. We should definitely not start up with the guy or call him by nicknames and say bad words to him. We learn it from Yaakov how we must flatter the Rishayim. From the way he flattered Esav to calm him down from his anger. Yaakov bowed down to him seven times and gave him lots of honor and presents that he should not hate him. But at the same time, we can learn from Yaakov how to stay away from the wicked. From the way he parted his ways with Esav right after he made peace with him. We should always stay away from the Gaim. We should do just the opposite of what they do. If now this is in their fashion, then we'll wear their old fashion. After all, all our clothing come from them, but we don't dress like them at the same time that they do. Why? That we should never come too close to them. We should also stay away from the way they talk. They curse and say bad words all the time, but we must be different. We should always remember to respect every person and say only kind words to them. Even bad people we don't call by names because we keep our mouths clean. Now children, let's have a sweet minute. A special Shmaina Esrei, but without a cedar. Let's dive into Hashem that we should be Zaycha always to do His will, with endless happiness and joy. Let's thank Hashem for the wonderful week we had and for this beautiful story that makes us come closer to Him and behave better. Actually, I want to thank Hashem for a wonderful podcast. How wonderful it is to stop our running life every week and come together to talk about the most important things in life and in Yiddishkeit. Those stories and their lessons teach me so many good middles and give me a lot of strength for the entire week. And I'm sure you feel the same way about it, children. So thank you for joining us on our lofty experience every week and don't let your friends lose out. Let them know about our wonderful podcast. Now, dear children, if you'd like to share with us a story in which you were kind to others and helped someone else, and it's only turned around and benefited and helped you, or if you're interested in wishing on Yitzia Mazel Tov, then please record yourself and tell us what your sweet kite is. And don't forget to mention your name, your age, and where you come from. Then ask an adult to email it to thesweetkite at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-S-W-E-E-T-K-E-I-T at gmail.com or WhatsApp to 00972-5832399 and we'll make sure to play it on our next podcast. See you all on our next show. This podcast is brought to you by the Sweetness of Yiddishkeit. For comments, sponsorships, and more, please contact us at thesweetkeit at gmail.com. The Sweetness of Yiddishkeit can be found on Torah Anytime, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. To listen to the Sweetness of Yiddishkeit on the phone, please call our Israeli number 0765-980-394. From anywhere outside of Israel, First insert the Israeli area code. That's 972-765-980-394. Thank you for joining in and have a wonderful Shabbos.